Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. Don't forget that you can save money with my amazing sponsors. You can mention Big MX Radio with Racetech as well as WUSA. You're going to save yourself some money with both of those companies when you're either getting yourself some brand new set of wheels that are lighter and stronger than what's currently on your bike or getting your suspension or engine tuned up. Big MX at Big MX at checkout with Luxon MX saves you 10% whether you're getting yourself a brand new set of triple clamps or linkage components for your bike. Big MX Radio 15 or Big MX 15 at Phoenix Handlebars saves you 15% and Big MX 20 at Guts Racing saves you 20% off every single purchase that you make. So support my sponsors so they'll continue to support Big MX Radio. Fox Racing Canada is also on board with us. Some of the best looking gear that is under the sun, and it's been that way for well over 40 years. I believe this is actually their 40 year anniversary. Uh, the company coming into uh, its own in 1973. Uh, so, Hopefully you enjoy this podcast with uh, a gentleman who probably has some Fox Racing stuff in his in his wardrobe, given the fact that Pro Circuit is a Fox Racing team. Um, it's always a thrill for me anytime that I have somebody who works at Pro Circuit on the podcast, as that was one of the first teams that uh, absolutely fell in love with as a kid and uh, lo- still love their product to this very day. Uh, you won't find anything else on my two strokes, uh, especially my Kawasaki's, which uh, back in the day definitely used to d- dress up my uh, 250F as well as my 125, uh, not totally unlike a Pro Circuit 125. So uh, awesome, guys. Really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this podcast. Um, Jacob Martin is somebody who I've been wanting to have on the show for quite some time. He normally works with Seth Hamaker, uh, but with him being injured right now, he's currently working with Chris Blos, uh, and he's going to be heading off to uh, to Arlington in a couple of days here. So uh, hopefully you'll enjoy this podcast. Uh, also looking to uh, take some bits and pieces out of it and uh, create some uh, create a column for Verb Moto. Uh, if you don't already know. Um, I've been brought over to Verb Moto to start contributing some content for them, hopefully doing about two or three things for them every single week uh, and expanding that over some time. It's a huge honor for me to be able to uh, call that place home. The first real publication, uh, not to say Big MX Radio is not a real publication, but uh, it's uh, I have a lot of job security over here. Um, no one's going to uh, tell, tell me to uh, not come in on Monday morning. Uh, here at Big MX Radio, uh, but to have somebody like Wes Williams and Chase Stallo and Brent Stallo uh, reach out to me uh, interested in my coverage of the sport is uh, honestly a very, very humbling experience. You guys can go to the website and uh, and read uh, my most recent column that's available there. It got posted last Friday. And uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to keep going and uh, keep working at it. Um, appreciate you guys taking the time to, to read that if you do. Also, take, I also appreciate it appreciate anybody who takes the time to listen to this podcast here with Jacob Martin. All right, now on with the show. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Racetech. Racetech gold valves, basically a revalve in a box. Don't don't believe me? Call them up yourself, shoot them an email, and mention Big MX Radio, and you're going to save some money on your parts and service, whether you're getting your suspension done, or maybe you're getting some engine mods to drop those lap times. This podcast is also brought to you by Luxon MX. Luxon MX is not just another triple clamp company. They are passionate engineers driven to redefine the status quo. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. 
With me on the line, we've got a very special guest. He happens to spin the T-handles over at Team Pro Circuit Kawasaki, which, in, in my opinion, is still one of the most aspiring places to call home if you're going to work in the motocross industry. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jacob Martin. Hey, man. How's it going? Hey, buddy. Hey, you're, you're driving to work right now, heading into Team Pro Circuit Kawasaki, the race shop at Corona, California, which is uh, right at HQ, where which is at this point is like maybe one of in the motocross industry one of the most uh, iconic uh, tourist attractions. If you're going to come to Southern California, like for for Canadians like me, to, if you're going to go down to Southern California, you're going to walk into that uh, that showroom. Uh, but you're allowed to go a little bit further into uh, the labyrinth that is uh, Team Pro Circuit and all things like that. Um, like you're from the middle of the country, much like I am different country, but still same, uh, same, same. Uh, tell me a little bit about the first time you walked into pro circuit Kawasaki to work. It was, there was a, there was a few times, I think it was probably, I was in there four times before I actually, uh, started working there and I swear I got more nervous and more nervous each time I went in because I was, I was asking Mitch for a job. And uh, I remember finally, I think, like I said, it was the fourth time I walked in. He sat me down in the lunchroom. You know, we don't have anything open right now. And we got to talking, and, and then they ended up, that's when they ended up bringing Shimoda on. And he's like, okay, we're going to need another mechanic. I want to give you a shot. And he said, when, when do you want to start? And I said, I, I can start today. I, I have my toolbox. I've got everything. And he said, move your stuff into the bay down there and get to work. And so it was like, uh, it, it all happened really fast. And that was, that was a dream come true, moving all my tools into that, into that work bay and getting all set up. And it was just, I, I felt like I was dreaming. It was it was really cool, but like almost, almost intimidating in a sense of like, man, I'm, I'm really doing this. Like, you know, I, I didn't picture myself here already at this age. Like, all right, buckle down and you got it, you know? Um, and then there was another side of it of like knowing that, all the mechanics built their own engines, race engines and everything. And at that point, I think it was late October, uh, 2020, uh, before the 2021 Supercross season, which, which would have been Seth's rookie year. And, uh, I had maybe built one complete engine going in there. And he's like, hey, just you're going to have to hop on and learn quick. And that was probably the most intimidating part for me. But once I dove into it and got hands-on and I had some really good people um, looking after me and helped me out, Ollie Stone, Kyle Defo, um, they all really just took me under their wing and, and showed me how to do it and made sure that I could get it done before race season came. So it was, oh, there uh, you go, man. yeah, 
So you're you're a very young guy working at Pro Circuit, uh, spinning wrenches for uh, unfortunately uh, uh, Seth Hamaker uh, sustained an injury. We'll get into that story in a little bit here, but uh, um, yeah, talk talk to me a little bit about like like cause you, like how old are you for 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 one? I turned twenty one in July. I, I turned. 21 in July. You turned 21 in July. So uh, you are about seven months into being able to uh, enjoy cold beverages with your boss, which uh, word, word on the street is he actually does enjoy those cold beverages. Um, and uh, yeah, like, it, it, like landing a job, that's got to be, you weren't even, you might not even been 20 when you landed that particular job, um, which is, yeah, that like building engines for pro circuit, that has got to be one of the most intense and sobering experiences of your entire life, um, but also to then quickly find out that you've got a good support system in there around you. Um, that must have been a really interesting transition. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was. It was definitely like a almost like a sink or swim kind of deal. Um, just just from the fact that I knew how to work on bikes. But I hadn't really, I guess I, I knew how to get the job done. I didn't know how to do like a lot of the, the right ways or like, you know, the, the fact pro circuit way. Yeah. The pro circuit way. I was just a practice mechanic for Seth down in Georgia, you know, um, just had a couple, couple mechanics score Barbie down there teaching me what he knew and kind of just trying to soak everything in. And then I, come into pro circuit and it's like taking in so much information at once. Like it was, it was overwhelming. There were days that I was like beating my head against the wall. Cause I was just, I was stressed out. Like I, I didn't, honestly, I, I lacked a lot of confidence. Of like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. But like I said, the guys just, the guys around me made sure that, I I was gonna get it done and I was gonna learn and there was no stone left unturned and I uh, I couldn't be more grateful for that. Well, no kidding. And so let's let's spin the clocks back and, and you're pretty young, so you don't actually have to spin them that far back, I don't think. But um, what was the transition like for you from I assume that you rode and raced uh, to then going and like picking up a tool belt? Uh, f- filling a toolbox and um, and sort of finding out that you've got some skills on that. Like if you're riding a lot, obviously you're probably working on bikes a fair bit as well. Um, what are your first memories of uh, of starting to work on bikes? Uh, who were some of your uh, your best mentors when you you started to to develop some skills? Um, so really young, like I'd say probably. 50s and 60s days my dad um was doing all of our stuff all of our bike work you know top ends um basic maintenance and so i kind of got intrigued at a young age of being in the shop with him and just watching him do it and then um once i got on the 80s i had a race bike and then a practice bike and we sat in the shop one night and he was like, all right, you're going to rebuild your, your first top end. And so he did, he did the race bike and I did the practice bike side by side and just followed his steps. And like, 
I would say he's the one that really got me hooked on it. And then as it transitioned into more, I uh, probably, I would say about the age of 14, uh, my dad started sponsoring Kevin Moran's uh, okay. his plumbing company. And so he ended up, long story short, he ended up racing one of my bikes and we went to Loretta's to watch him. And like it, that compounded for a couple of years. And then as he was in a class, he's like, Hey, you know, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to go do some arena cross rounds and, um, get my pro points and eventually do supercross and outdoors. Uh, you know, I'm kind of going to be looking for a mechanic and I was 15 at the time. And I was like, I had it in my head that I wanted to do it. And I was begging my parents, like whatever it takes, just do online school, like wh whatever it takes. I wanted to do it. And my mom wasn't having it. Um, she was big on me finishing school understandably and then we ended up getting back to Moretta's that year and really talking about it and my dad had a big part in talking to my mom about it and they ended up coming back to me and they're like you know we we think it's it'll be good for you um because at the time he was leaving for say a month at a time coming back for a few months doing a little tour coming back and so they ended up, my parents ended up allowing me to do online school my junior and senior year. And so that's what really sparked it off and started out, like I said, you know, being gone for a month, coming back for a couple months, and then it went to, uh, to full time in Georgia at the, at the Carmichael farm. And the rest is history. That, that, that's led me to where I'm at today. And I think that because I had such a, I had, I had a passion for racing. Don't get me wrong. I raced off road and then, but I had such a passion to do this and I knew I wasn't going to go anywhere racing. I wasn't good enough that like, it wasn't a problem for me to set that to the side to follow this dream. Cause I think it was, it was such a, I just had a lot of passion for it. It was such a big dream to me. So. Yeah, well, passion will take you a long way, my friend. I think that's it's basically mandatory when it comes to the professional motocross world um, because there's a lot of time. Uh, I often say um, for as many people who want to work in the motocross industry, there's a lineup of people who are willing to let you do that for very, very little and sometimes completely free. Um and um, that can be a proving ground. That can be an opportunity for people to uh, to get their feet wet and work towards uh, their end goal of making something special happen. But that can also be sort of a uh, endless sort of meandering of, of sort of getting taken advantage of here and there. I think there's there's a fair bit of of both of that with basically everybody's story. But eventually, uh, you develop the skills to say, no, I, I can um, I can make a living at this, and I, I can ask for a decent amount of money for for what I do and be compensated uh, uh, fairly. Uh, did I hear that you you got to one of your, like, eventually sort of started, not really started, but you're you're in Georgia and then uh, at the, the the goat farm of all places. Um, that's between working at the goat, the goat farm 
and uh, Pro Circuit, not only are those sort of connected, uh, those are two of maybe the most iconic places uh, to spin T-handles. You lucky dog, you. Yeah, and actually, Jeannie and Rick Carmichael, um, they they had a big part in... They had a big part in me even getting this job. Um, okay. Because like you said, they are tied in. Um, you know, they're, like you said, the two, the two places to be. And uh, I ended up, so I was working for Moran's, and we moved down there. And then I ended up getting a job with Patrick Murphy on 125s, and I worked with him for a while. And then Seth came down to the farm. And we kind of just hit it off, and eventually we got to talking about, hey, I need a mechanic, you know, and I think that was two months in the worst. We just kept talking about it and talking about it, and then we both came to an agreement, and I started with him on a, I was supposed to start with him on a Monday. I was down there the Friday before, and I was like, oh, I'll just you know, start today. And he actually ended up getting hurt that Monday and was out for six months with his uh, shoulder surgery. And so, you know, thankfully, him and his family, like, they paid me the entire time. They took care of me. Um, and I didn't want to sit around. I'm like, I, I could sit around and, you know, just not do anything and but I don't think that's right like they're paying me I'm gonna do something and I and Jeannie called Mitch and called Cowie and was like hey I got this kid here Seth Hamaker's mechanic uh Seth's obviously hurt right now he wants to come out and just learn some stuff show his face can we set that up and she ended up getting it worked out for me and I drove out to California and I spent Two months at Team Green, working with Team Green guys, and then I ended up spending a week and a half of that, two weeks at Pro Circuit. So I kind of got to know everyone a little bit and learned a lot um, and then was able to go back um, to the farm and start working when Seth was back healthy. So like that, that I think, had a big part um, in where I'm at today just because you know, I like I said, I got to know everyone, showed my face a little bit. They got to see what I'm capable of, and, and it worked out in the end. Um, so I can't thank the Carmichael's enough for that because they went out of their way to put in a good word and definitely didn't have to. So. Wow, those guys going the extra mile for you, but also hats off to you to uh, wanting to uh, also put yourself to work and, uh, and not just sort of uh, rest while um, – Seth is, is recovering. I've had shoulder surgery. It's not fun, and it's going to be a slow process getting back on the bike, um, especially uh, like just as, as you're sort of getting back into mobility on, on stuff like that. Um, that is really, really cool to hear that the, the Carmichaels were, were that uh, helpful. And um, yeah, like that, that, it doesn't surprise me whatsoever because there are just so many great people within the sport of motocross. Um, who would you say is was your uh, your greatest mentor as you started to sort of shape who you were going to become and who you're becoming as a as a mechanic? Oh man, um, I I 
I can't really narrow it down to one. I'd say, um, so my dad sparked the interest. Um, Decker Performance, he's actually a race tech center in uh, Platte City, Missouri. I started working on suspension a little bit with him, and he was a he was a mechanic back in the day. So he he shaped me a lot, kind of gave me the base I needed. Um, Corey Barbie down at the farm, like there's just there's a lot of the little steps. And then when I when I got on the team green, it was Travis Perry and Jan Primo taught me. Just I was just soaking up all the all the information I could. And then I said, when I got the pro circuit, Ollie, Ollie really took me under his wing. Kyle, Kyle taught me everything he knew. Um, Coulter, like really all that PC crew at the time. Like, Was Zimmer I, I still there like, at the time? Who? Uh, Zimmerman. Brandon Zimmerman? No, he left, he left right before I got there. Oh, okay. Um, I, I would say that, like, yeah, like I said, it's hard to narrow it down uh, to one just because I I feel like I'm so fresh and I, like I said, I came in not from school, so, like, I had a lot of catching up to do, so I felt like every step of the way I was learning a big chunk and a big chunk, and I, and I still am. I, I still am learning every day. So I think it's just, it's, like I said, it's hard to narrow it down because I, I learned so much from so many people. You know, I don't want to discredit anyone, but um, it's it, it wouldn't be without the people around me, for sure, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Like, there's just, there's a lot of people that, like I said, the whole PC crew just took me under their wing and, and, taught me everything I needed to know. Like, it, it, it was uh, just unreal. That's awesome. It really does sound like it's a sort of a family over there. Uh, obviously, it's competitive, and there there's a... I, I sort of... I mentioned it earlier, but and it's sort of kind of t- like... You don't want to sound too overdramatic, but the, you, you talk about the, the Patriot way when it comes to the NFL or something like that, and I don't think it's totally indifferent than, uh, than Pro Circuit. Like, there's everybody that I've talked to that's worked over there, whether it's uh, Ollie or uh, Kyle Defoe or uh, Brandon Zimmerman, they all talk about, like, there's one way to do it. They all do it the, the right way. There's, like, they... they, they they're extremely diligent. They dot their I's. They cross their T's and everything else in between. Um, and that's what allows those guys to be so successful year after year after year after year. Um, and they lean on each other quite a bit as well. Like uh, There's a good camaraderie around the guys who work there. Um, there's there's time for work. There's time for play. And, uh, yeah, to be able to like inject yourself into that at such a young age um, and and so an age where you're you're just absorbing so many things. I can't like I, I wanted to ask you what your best advice you've gotten so far, but I think that'd be a more more difficult question than asking you who your mentor is. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, yeah, it's just there's been so much of it, right? And uh, to your point of of everyone does it this way, like everyone does it the same way, everything right. You know, it's. I kind of talked to Ollie about that and 
he said, yeah, listen, this is, this has been proven, you know, for, for this many years and it's been done this same way. This is like everything we do is what we have found works best over the last 20 years, you know, and Ollie was there, um, with Feeney and Parabinos, I believe. And a couple of other other guys. Oh, he's awesome. So they, uh, so he kind of, it's, it was him that was, you know, spreading that out of, Hey, this is how we did it. Um, this is the way we found works and everyone does this, this way from building your coil to building your brakes. Like everyone does it this way. This is what works. This is fail safe as fail safe as can be. Right. And it's just, I think that's a really good dynamic to have. Yeah. Yeah. You guys dot your I's, your cross your T's and everything else in between, uh, prepping a, a race bike practice bike. Honestly, they're not a whole lot different nowadays. Um, is is no small undertaking uh all the like the safety wiring and some of the techniques that go on with that that must have been a really steep learning curve for you as well because um like just working on bikes period is is one thing it's another thing to 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 go the extra mile the way those guys do uh honestly i I would hate for any of those guys to ever look at the at my bike given given the fact that uh, i don't think i've I uh, can tell you a torque spec on absolutely anything and that's a problem um but uh like Tell me a little bit about the like the landscape of working at Pro Circuit. Do you know whose bench you have now, um, and sort of just uh, go to d- like day to day work? Um, like obviously, right now, uh, I'd assume since Seth is hurt, obviously, and then your rider right now is Chris Blos, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. Um, What's what's the the landscape look like at, at your bench? Uh, whereabouts are you located in there, and uh, the day to day stuff? Uh, whether you're you're at the shop or uh, do you do you head out to the track or do you do you like do they have practice mechanics for that? No, we uh, we do it all. We're, we do the race and practice. Um, but Chris Chris is in Arizona right now, riding. So I'm I'm at the shop this whole week and. Um, it's it's really good to get shop days because I feel like you can there's never a shop day that is wasted there's always stuff to do and so right now I'm, I'm just going in pressuring up my practice bike for when Chris comes back out here and, and I'm building a, a spare bike for Chris if we make any trips to Arizona to ride Supercross down his way and um just just a lot of little things getting caught up on my plastics and graphics for the races and and um my kits to build and and just getting just try to get myself set up the best i can and use my time wisely at the shop um i actually have jan primo's old bay and it's funny because yesterday i was i was digging through my toolbox and i wasn't paying attention and I guess the piece of paper slipped out from underneath the bottom of the And I was like, ah, I don't remember setting this here. And I looked at it, and it was a, a Jan Primo invoice from 2012. I think it was CR125, front and rear spokes. That was cool. Like, you always find, you know, there's, there's stickers hidden everywhere. And it's cool to... Because 
I'd say like for me as a as a kid, like I looked up to all those guys, like you know they were they were heroes, and to be be able to work in the same spot as those guys, and that's just really cool. Um, but yeah, right now, right now we're we're just uh, in the shop, and I, we have Jet Reynolds riding, so his his mechanics out at the track with him, and then. Uh, Cameron's riding this week, so his mechanic goes out to the track. That's that's usually when I, when your guy's out here. Um, it's usually uh, we ride Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and then you're at the track all those days. Come back, prep your practice bike, and then you have you know the rest of the evening to work on whatever else you got to work on. So we we stay really busy for sure. Like I said, the the days we get in the shop aren't wasted for sure. We got. We got a lot of stuff we can get done, but um, it's a it's a really cool place to work. I I can honestly say that I I look forward to going to work every day, um, which I I feel like a lot of people can't say that, and to me that's a really big you, you have to have that in life. If you don't like your job, it makes it that much worse, right? So. Yeah, no, I preach to the choir, man. Uh, I'm talking to a guy who, um, well, still does every once in a while, but basically was a full-time bricklayer for uh, well over 15 years. Uh, cool trade, uh, like good to like step back from the wall when you're done at the end of the day. You built something cool, but uh, for the most part, it's just hard, hard, dirty work. Um, working with Chris Bloss, that's got to be a stark contrast from working with Seth Hamaker, who uh, like you, the two of you are, are quite young. Um, Chris Bloss, I, if I'm not mistaken, his first race was on a carbureted four-stroke. Um, what what kind of conversations have you had with that uh, uh, veteran, grizzled veteran of the sport? You know, it's it's been a... I wouldn't say it's been an easy transition, but it's definitely been easier than I expected he's he's a really solid dude and i i always you know i always i always looked up to him i thought he was awesome during the arena cross days when um I, in, I mean, in 2018 i went around and we did the whole west coast series with moran mm-hmm. and so he was racing at the time going to the championship and so i was i think i was just as excited to work with him as he was to to get the fill in deal um and we kind of hit it off. We drove, uh, our test mechanic, Jed and I, we drove down to Arizona and spent the weekend down there putting him on the bike. And he's just, he's just really easy going, mellow, knows what he wants. Just a really, really solid dude. And I think, um, I think for me, it was, I like the challenge of figuring out a different rider, right? Ever, for the most part, they're all the same, but, you know, every rider has their little quirks they like or, you know, how you, how you talk to them um, and how they react to, to things you say or what gets them fired up. Like, you, you have to learn all these different angles to try to make the most of it while you can, and to me, that, that challenge is fun of, like, just learning the learning the rider and what sets them off, you know, what what gets them going, and it's 
that part to me is really cool. So uh, what, uh, what would be an example of how not to approach Seth Hamaker? Don't tell him on the line to keep it on two wheels. That, that'll set him off. That, that's one thing. Don't, <laughs> I, I don't know why he, he told me that when we first, like, don't tell me to keep it, keep rubber side down or keep it on two wheels. Cause I know that I'm, I'm trying to already. You don't have to tell me that. So that was like a, a, a joke that, that he had, but, um, yeah, I, I think for him, like, it's just, more more encouraging he's already hardened up on himself so he knows you know obviously when he gets off the track and is a third or third or fourth place like he's not he don't need to be hard on him or tell him how to ride because he knows how he knows that so it's more of like Keep him, keeping him encouraged and keep him from being too hard on himself. Um, I've, I mean, I've been with him since June of 2019 and, and we've lived together. We, when we moved to California, we got a, an apartment together. So we've lived together for about the last three years. And so it's just like, a, I think we have a different dynamic than most. Like it's more of, and I would call him my my brother. We're we're uh, we're as close as close to related as you can get without being blood. Um, I'd say so. It's that makes it easier just knowing him that much better and seeing him on off the bike and knowing what works. Um, I think that makes that makes it a lot easier to gel. You know, usually that can that can go south in many cases. Living with your rider and not being able to get away with it but for him and i it's it's been nothing but positive that that is pretty cool a couple of young guys living together in southern california neither one of you is from the west coast i can only imagine the the hijinks that ensue the the like i'm now i have a million questions about who does the cooking and i'm sort of like also having this sort of like image of you coming through the door and seth being like oh how was work and you're like, wow, and then you're just like venting about Chris Bloss or Mitch or someone else or like, like they were <laughs> like, I, I just, that would be really, really kind of funny to think of. But uh, yeah, two young guys sort of coming into your own. Like I, I think of myself back at that age, like just how like, oh, life by the tail, man. And just uh, um, like, yeah, like there's, there's hard days and there's, there's not so fun times uh, here and there, but uh, yeah, like. That, that that must be pretty pretty cool. Uh, is he is he currently in uh, Southern California? Or has he gone back to uh, the East Coast for his recovery, or is is he is he still living with you, just uh, hanging out in his sling? Yeah, he's he's out here. Um, he stayed out here to do therapy, and he's going to G's. Um, so he's getting he's staying out here because I mean all the all the best resources are out here. So yeah. he's just staying busy with that and thankfully he's still able to keep active, um, do the gym and, and he's not just stuck on the couch cause you know how that goes. And so he's able to keep himself busy. And so it's, uh, 
it's been really good for him. I mean, obviously, as good as it can be. I think he's he's taken this one. He's taking this one good. He's motivated as ever to get back and uh, get back to where he was because he was he was on another level this year. So he's excited to excited to get back to that. Very very motivated, which is cool to see. Well, no offense to him, but he was my my title pick for the East Coast Supercross. He's making me look silly at this point. Um, but yeah, he's also had he's had, he's had some injuries in his young career. Um, like, what? Like, take us through from a mechanics perspective when well, there's either a race day crash or a practice day crash. Uh, obviously, there's some cleanup on the bike to be had, but um, yeah, when like for you, it's also got to be almost a little bit more traumatic when you see uh, uh, your brother go down and um, and 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 be in a lot of pain. Uh, do you, like, what do you recall from the day where he uh, snapped the wrist, or is it wrist and arm? What's the deal? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's wrist and and a little bit of the arm. Um, yeah, I I can't say that I've really ever been in a you know I wasn't with I can't recall anything with Moran's like so I don't I can't say how other people feel um, when it happens, but for me, yeah, definitely I feel like that with that. With us being quite a bit closer, like it definitely hits home, um, and we we're a really good team. And so I'd say, like the the day um, at the practice track when he injured his wrist, it was that one probably hit the deepest out of all of them, just because you know we both put so much so much work in and we both knew where he was at, like how good it was going and really how good the the entire off season was going. Um, that it was just like in the blink of an eye, like it just, it's over. And it was, it was a really, really hard drive to the, uh, to the hospital. That's for sure. Like it was just that one, that one hit deep and, and it's just something that it's a part of the sport, right? Like, but it's, it's very, I feel like it's very easy to forget that when everything is going so well, you know, these guys are so precise in everything they do. And, and I don't think that honestly, I, I don't even think that he had a tip over before that day, this off season. And if he wow. had, like, it, it may have had one that was, like, a little just fall over in a corner. Like, so they're so precise. Like, you, you almost forget that that's even a part of the sport. But then in in a blink of an eye, it's, you know, it's, it's all over. Um, so it's definitely, I think, like you said, I think being, uh, having a little bit closer of a relationship like that and, you know, I see the work he puts in. He sees the work I put in. Like it, it's it definitely it definitely hits quite a bit harder. But um, you know, you gotta stay positive. He's got you know, we both gotta stay positive. Um, be there for each other when when things are are going south. And um, so I think that we should do the best we can and 
make the most of it. You you can't change it, so um, no sense in dwelling on it. For sure, and I, I assume that uh, uh, as much as you're a support system for him during his uh, recovery, he's got to be a bit of a, a support system for you as well. Uh, a couple of young guys living a whole long way away from home, probably a long way from uh, core family, although I'm sure uh, Defoe and all those boys feel, feel like family at this point at, at, at the shop. Uh, there's no replacement for, for real true blood and family. Uh, he like You being able to come back after all the hard day's work and stuff like that uh, and, and, and chit-chat with him, uh, maybe play some video games or something like that, Like uh, yeah, that, that's got to be good for you. 100% and it, it, I'm not a very I'm not a very social person and I would say that he's probably he's not that social either like he's you know quiet, we're out yeah. here for dirt bikes and he works his tail off I work my tail off and then it's we don't get out much so it's you know he's he's really the only person I hang out with obviously like I said besides work um, so yeah it's it's good to be able to come home and like unwind. And if we want to talk about dirt bikes, we can talk about dirt bikes. If we're over dirt bikes, we can like sit play some video games or, or talk about something else or just joke and, and just, just have a good time. Um, I think I definitely would say that when I work late, cause when he's riding, man, he's, he's like a clock. He's in bed eight o'clock. If I get home anytime after eight o'clock, I'm not seeing him. And so, really, it's oh yeah, it, it, he's dedicated. Um, bedtime's eight 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 thirty. So if I get home any later than that, I don't see him until like it's definitely like a walk in, lights are off, like ah dang, missed it. Like it, I don't know how well I would do living by myself. You know, just coming home going to bed, waking up, going to work. Like having having someone like him there is, is totally good for me. It's just, it's, uh, yeah, unwind. Like we have a lot in common. It just works. It, it's really cool. Fair enough. Uh, who, who does the cooking? Who does the cleaning? And how messy is the apartment right now? The apartment, uh, it's pretty clean, actually. I like we, it. We kind of do our own deal. He cooks. He cooks his stuff, and then during race season, I eat, I eat a lot of frozen stuff. But usually, um, usually on the weekends, we try to we try to grill or or uh, smoke something, some kind of steaks or wh- whatever, uh, and have like a good meal on the weekends together. And then I don't I don't use many dishes or anything during the week because i'm kind of in and out uh i'm basically just there to sleep so he does most of the cleaning during the week and then on the weekends i kind of i can't sit still and not do anything so a vacuum do laundry clean up whatever we kind of we we kind of just pitch in when, when needed you know it works like and that's what that's what i think a lot of stuff goes south because, you know, you live with this guy and, and you can't get away from him. You're tired of him. He does these little things to that just irritate you. The, the place is a wreck, doesn't clean up. But it's it's more for us, I think it's 
I know, like I said, I know what work he puts in. He knows what work I put in. So, like, we kind of know where each other's at. And, like, we, we, if someone, if, you know, if I'm super busy, he'll pick up my end. Or if he's got a lot of stuff going on, I'll pick up his end. Like, it just works. No one complains about anything. Like, it just, it just works. I, and, and I, like I said, I've, I've seen or heard stories of stuff like that going south many a times, but I, it's just, yeah, it, it's good. And it's good for both of us. Right on. That, that is so encouraging to hear. Um, and hopefully we'll get him back um, at a moment's notice. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be back for, for outdoors, but regardless, when Seth Hamaker comes back, I still think he has an extremely bright future uh, in the sport of motocross uh, on and off the track. The kid's really uh, like solid kid every time I've spoken to him. Um, yeah, he just sees a lot of integrity there. So uh, looking forward to his re- re- return. Um, t- I, I know you're, you're probably just about, uh, getting to work yourself. Um, like, uh, tell me a little bit about race day though. Um, like t- at the track, uh, setting yourself up that like you have a whole lot less space and, and time to work than you do at the shop. Um, take me through that a little bit. If you still got some time, unless you're just sitting in the parking oh, yeah. lot being like, I got to head in. No, we're all good. Uh, you let me know. Yeah, I think race day obviously is uh it's a little bit more stressful a lot more stressful but uh, um going in you know your bike's fresh you just built it everything's good i usually do a a really thorough check over i I check all my bolts go through all my key handles wrenches and allens and then i um check all my electrical connectors make sure everything's good and then like I have a really, a really solid look through that I do, and and I know that after that it's it's good. And then usually there's there's really only like one or two bolts that may come loose, if any at all. So you always can put your your work ahead of that, and then you check over your bike after you get everything done. You check over your bike with the little time you have left. Um, but I've found that that pretty solid look through is like, all right, I know everything's good, and honestly, you could go you could go all day on race day without checking a single bolt, and you'd be okay. I I I check stuff probably a little too much, but I'd rather do that than not enough. That one time you missed that bolt, you know, or, or whatever. Um, yeah. Oh, I, you guys are uh, little. You guys are nervous fidgeters when it comes to that. I've I've seen Defoe going over something. I I once sat and chatted with Kyle Defoe for fifteen minutes. I think he checked the same bolt six times. Yeah, that that sounds like me. Yeah, it's it's just. Uh, I mean, you got someone's life in your hands, and, yep. and that's that's the last thing. Like. That's the last thing you you want to have happen is a bike malfunction, um, and that's what we're paid to do, right? So, um, I think that obviously if you check the bolt once and it's tight, it's probably going to be tight the next time you check it. But just in case it loosened itself, might as well check it again, right? Um, yeah, and then just 
I'd say like the it's actually it's actually a little hard like the adrenaline you know say outdoors you go you go out for the moto and then the adrenaline of you know you did good you did bad whatever coming back to the truck like you have to breathe and slow yourself down a little bit all right what needs done and especially like looking at the bike of like making sure that you know they didn't hit someone in a rut or clip someone and there's there's something that's hard to see that's messed up you know you you really have to be really thorough on looking everything over and just trust yourself and um getting back getting back to the line i think that last year outdoors my average heart rate at the races throughout the entire day seth and i wore the whoop band and my average heart rate through race day was like 100 beats per minute where his was only like 75 even with the racing like that's how that's how like I would say like nervous or antsy or, you know, what goes through my mind is, and that's a good portrayal of that. It's just like, it's a, it's a stressful day, but I think I put a lot of the stress on myself. That's, that's not needed. Um, so I can be better about that, but. Yeah. I preach to the choir, man. I, I, I stress myself out. Uh, I think, um, that these are high tension jobs period doesn't matter how you slice it and uh a part of that also is just taking that much pride in your work um like just just wanting to dot the i's cross the t's and uh there's a, there's a saying that um lazy people do a little bit and think that they're doing and they're they're crushing it um driven people do as much as they can and worry that they're not doing enough. And I think that, uh, that, that, I think that describes you as about, about as good as you can, um, add, like from tip to tail. And I think that's what it takes to work at pro circuit. I really do. Um, like you got say, you got a few more minutes for me. Oh yeah. I got, I got as much time as you need. All right. Perfect. Uh, let's talk toolbox. Um, I talked to Kyle Defoe. I talked to all those guys. Um, and he, he like laments the fact that the, the snap on guy rolls by probably once every 10 days to clean out their wallets. Um, how has, how has the, uh, the, the toolbox, um, kind of transformed since taking the job with pro circuit and, uh, also, um, what's a tool that you could not live without? So my toolbox went from. At my practice mechanic toolbox was all Harbor Freight, wrenches, sockets, ratchets, to I saved up. I had an idea that I was going to get the job here. It obviously wasn't set in stone, but some hints were kind of dropped. And so I was like, okay, if it works out, I'm going to save all my money. So I saved all my money. And as soon as I got to Pro Circuit, the first day that Snap-on guy came, I filled my entire toolbox top to bottom snap on uh it's just, and, and you know what it's it's an investment the tools are great lifetime warranty he comes by the shop something breaks you just swap it out um i fill up my entire shop box um most of my track box and then uh, my entire race box just bought all snap on stuff so that was that was a big investment but also i think much needed you, you gotta have good tools um 
And then uh, the tool that I couldn't live without, man, I think I think the Koa key handles. They, I don't think I can live without key handles. The and the the Koa key the Koa key handles are the best best key handles I've ever used. And okay. that's probably probably my eight millimeter Koa key handle is like the. Oh, if you're working on cowies, yeah, that eight mil is like. Do you need anything else? <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, very seldomly. Um, and we have all of our our seat bolts are eights. We change we change out a lot of the bolts to be uh, eight millimeter heads. Interesting. For, I was gonna say I was like the only thing I can think of that you'd normally use would be like the the ten mil that's on the the seat the, the seat bolts. But there you like yeah you're you're reading minds over there in SoCal. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know, tearing the bike down it's you can you would be surprised how far you could get with an eight millimeter T handle. Just um changing up the stuff to make it to make it easier. Our our uh, silencer and uh, our muffler and mid pipe bolt are eights too, so it's like you can you can do so much with that. I, I don't I think that would be the, the one tool I couldn't live without. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, like you, it's funny that you mentioned silencer because when I think pro circuit, I think two strokes. And when you're right. working at pro circuit, you must have some of the like, pardon my language, but the horniest two strokes that roll out of that shop. Uh, whether it's super minis, sixty fives, one twenty fives, and the occasional two fifty two stroke, if someone happens to still have one, um, yeah, like, like. Like that, that, that might be one of like, that's like a, just like, that's the cherry on top as far as your job. I think does Mitch still call it a yeah. silencer, by the way. I'm sure he does. Even if it's four strokes. Yeah. 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 I believe, I believe I've heard him say that a few times. It's just, you know, it's, it, it's definitely a, it, it's definitely a weird transition. Like two strokes are almost, I, I don't want to say non-existent, but in the race world, you know, they're, Oh yeah basically non-existent you had stink dog rides one um and then i i, I saw jared lester at tampa had it was on a on a 252 trip yz i believe um so it's just it's like almost cool and, and honestly i'm a little bit bummed that i missed a lot of that like I missed all of it i'd say all of it yeah i was gonna say all of it like dude the last time a two-stroke won a won a race Oh five. Yeah, and, and so I guess to, it was cool because we did the Roxon um, straight yes. rhythm bike here this year, and I wasn't a huge part of that, but it was cool just to see that come back to life, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and just to walk up in the showroom here and look at all the championship winning two strokes and. And even looking at like the years before I was here, the the championship winning four strokes is like just going and looking at all the little things that are done to them, and they're just nothing goes untouched on these bikes, nothing at all. That's so cool. I absolutely love that. Like I I I don't know if I'd get any work done working at Pro Circuit. I'd probably get fired on the first day for asking Mitch nonstop two stroke questions. Like I would just. <laughs> 
I I I wish so badly that like 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 if 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 Mitch Payton somehow like broke the law and instead of going to jail he had to drive coast to coast with me and he's sitting shotgun and I'm just quizzing him for like 30 hours I wouldn't stop I wouldn't stop having questions for him He's I mean he's dude he is he's smart he I mean he's the He's a legend when it comes to the motocross industry, and and the amount of knowledge that that guy has in his brain is I wish I had a quarter of it. You know, it's oh, he's forgotten more about motocross than you know. He's forgotten more about it. You know what I mean? Like he he has forgotten more oh. knowledge throughout these years than you even know. Period. A hundred percent. Yeah. Sorry, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. And like so, to, and to be able to work. And just, just even to like listen to some of the conversations that go on in the shop, or be a part of them, of, and little snippets of information that he throws out, and it's like, oh, I didn't know that like that. All right, tell me more. Um, so it, that I'm super blessed to be able to work with a guy like that, um, with that much knowledge. You know, this is, this is definitely the the place to, to learn anything you need to know. So. That's really I love it. That is super, super cool. Um, Advice that you have for a young up and comer. Obviously, you're still sort of in that realm, so that you might actually be a good, good person to ask about this. Um, Like, if if there, I'm sure there's kids that come up to you at the races all the time, uh, especially the seeing you as young as you are. um, Maybe want to like pick your brain about how how to get into it. what what advice would you have for somebody that uh, w- would love to be spinning some wrenches uh, or be or, or rise to the position you're in right now? Um, yeah, I I can't say for sure um, because obviously I didn't do it, but from what I hear, like a lot of guys go to MMI and you learn a little bit, but but you don't learn quite what you need to know. Um, when, when you, like when you say, when you get to a job like this, you still have a lot to learn. Um, and so actually our test mechanic, Jed, and then, um, Matt Goodbread, Joe Shimoda's mechanic, they came yeah, from like Scotty like Adkins school in West Virginia. Um, and so Scotty Adkins, former, motocross for a motocross mechanic he does this school and i want to say it's eight months and he kind of teaches you the ins and outs and then like those factory ways of doing things or or tricks and tips and preps you the best best way he can to actually be a professional motocross mechanic um and so like mitch called mitch called scotty adkins and was like hey i need a I need a test mechanic. Do you have anyone right now? And obviously Scotty was a mechanic himself. So he, you know, has all his students and and if you're doing well and he sees you're doing well and he, you know, he knows that you're going to, you're going to continue to do well. So he'll put you, he'll send you out to a job. And so Mitch calls, Hey, I need a test guy. All right. I got, I got this guy, Jared. He's, you know, hard worker. Um, I think he'd be good. And then he came out here to try out and he works here. Um, so I think that 
that Scotty Adkins school, that's what I recommend. Um, just because I've, I've seen it so much where they go there, you work hard, you put in the time, he sees it, he sends you to a job. Whether it's you're not going to get on the pro circuit, you know, every time. Like, I, I'd say that's a, that's a pretty rare case, but at least you'll get a job, whether it's being a, a practice mechanic for a higher-level rider or even just your name out there to be able to take those steps to get to where you want to be. Um, I, I'd say that's probably the the best route, um, in my opinion. And so far it's worked out, I think. And uh, like I said, I think that prepares you more for a job in the motocross industry, like racing, rather than MMI, where I feel like that's a little bit more tailored to um, working in dealerships. But not saying it can't be done. I just think that is the easiest route is the, to go through that Scotty Adkins um, yeah, certainly. Like yeah. what I what I've uh, come to find with Scotty is not only do you get to the knowledge necessary to do it, but often they often say it's not what you know, it's who you know. So you kind of get both with Scotty. Is you get you get the the knowledge as well as someone who can sort of inject you into the pipeline. So that's pretty cool. One hundred percent. And and one thing I swear by I I also like you said I got people at the races that ask me, hey, how do you get into this? Um, the one thing that I swear by, and I'll, I'll tell everyone, is that whatever you do, whatever you want to do, hard work, putting your head down, being a good person, working hard, gets you much, much further than you would ever think. Like, you can go, I, I truly believe that if you put your mind to anything and you just put your head down and work, you will get wherever and I mean wherever you want to go um it may not happen as fast as you like and and I think definitely for me I'm a pretty rare case like in in how fast it all happened like I I would say that I was dealt the right cards but um I mean hard work definitely got me where I'm at today like if you just like I said you just put your head down and do it you'll get anywhere there you go, my friend. They, they often say that uh, there's no replacement for displacement, and that tr- is true in engines as well as heart. And I think that's exactly what you've been putting into practice over at Pro Circuit. Um, uh, a young up-and-comer who's, uh, yeah, all basically all but made it. Um, this was a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, come on the podcast today. No, likewise. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I, had, I had a blast. This was a... Uh... I said it was a first for me, so it's uh, it's been really, really cool, and I was excited to get it done, so I'm glad we were able to uh, work it out. Absolutely. I think I think this this couldn't have worked out better as far as uh, having some time to go back and forth. Uh, better part of an hour chit-chatting here on the Big MX Radio podcast. I think originally we thought about maybe doing uh, 20, 25 minutes, but now having talking to you, and honestly, like you're, you're a whole lot... Uh, uh, you, you mentioned earlier you're a pretty quiet guy, but you're um, very well-spoken, thorough with your answers, and uh, I think people are really going to enjoy this. I think uh, uh, we, we've... Um, We've we've tapped into something here, and possibly, uh, I think more more than likely, we're gonna have to have you on for a repeat offender at some point. Hey, yeah, man, uh, I'm 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 game for it. I like I said, it was it was awesome. It was a lot of fun, and and uh, it was 
yeah, it was great to chat with you. you you're uh, you're very knowledgeable yourself, so it was uh, I, had, I had a blast. It was really cool. Hey, I appreciate it, my friend. Well, I think there's a little bit of a uh, a sickness that I have in the fact that uh, when when there's nothing on TV, rather than throwing on Netflix. I throw on old motocross races or old motocross videos. I can't quite get enough of it. Just immerse myself and uh, some weird sort of and like memory retention is is something that I also deal with. So uh, it is what it is. Uh, I appreciate the kind words, but uh, this has been fun, man. Uh, I, I I hope you have a great rest of your day. And uh, yeah, so it truly is that. Like I'm sure you out here. It's a lot of hard work, but um, uh, from my eyes, sounds like you got life by the tail, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm trying my hardest, man. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I, I I appreciate it again, like I said. And, um, I look forward to speaking to you soon. Awesome, man. Well, do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. <laughs>